from the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, very pleasant. Good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone. It's a few minutes after 10 o'clock Central Daylight Time. By the way, the Gov, the one we love, I don't know if you've heard, but beginning when it normally goes off daylight savings, they're going to pass a bill saying it's going to be daylight savings all the time. So that's what they're doing. So that'll be fun, right, these people. Well, our phone lines are uh, continue to be out. We, we called them and told them we weren't going to pay for the last two months. So now they're getting serious about getting it fixed. See, it's just follow the money. We're going to have fun this morning. One of our fave guys, a cool guy in Denmark, it is Steve Falconor. So if you care to join us, use the email, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Also, we have a, a um, Zoom link on our front page and we can experiment, and you can try to click on that when we're talking to Steve, and I think I'll be able to put your audio to ask a question. I don't know. If it doesn't work, well, then we won't do it. We're going to try. But we've been using it for the telephone when it's just Patrick and you and me, but uh, I thought, well, maybe it'll work when there's a guest on there. Steve may know. I don't know what. Um, Zoom. Tomorrow, uh, Darko Valchek, so we'll have fun with Darko. We're doing a lot of things with sea salt and having some fun. So here we are. It is the 30th of May, 2023. Steve Falconor is a great researcher. He's a video producer. He produces a lot of content. His, his uh, place of worship there, <laughs> place of worship, is uh, uh, Space Busters. Space Busters. That's a great, oh, great shot of Steve. And you can find Steve on places like YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and Vigilante TV, and uh, he makes a lot of videos, and not quite as many as Quentin Tarantino, but we're going to catch up with Quentin someday. Uh, Steve Falconer, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I like your glasses there. You look like you're with the FBI. I'm here to help. Yeah, I'm feeling a little John Lennon today for some How reason. Yeah, you? thanks, Patrick. Great to be back on the show. Yeah, yeah, we, we're going to get a little metaphysical, I bet, today. Oh. We don't know what we're going to talk about, actually. I don't have a briefing like like the FBI and the CIA, so I think we're going to wing this. Yeah, yeah, we never know. I mean, the president has notes, of course, of Biden, but, but we don't do notes here. We just um, think of Olivia Newton-John and let's get physical. Oh, you said metaphysical. I Let's get <laughs> let's get metaphysical. Let's get metaphysical. <laughs> that's that's Olivia Isaac Newton John. Who's that? <laughs> no, oh Isaac Newton John. I like it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Steve Falcon is into all kinds of crazy things, and one of the things he likes to do is look at all the all the aspects of our Earth that uh, maybe are just not the way we think it is. I want to start with this question that came up to me this morning. So, out of all the videos you've made, lots, right? Lots of videos. Lots. At least 70, maybe more, yeah. Really? Over how many years? Uh, since about 2018, I think, or yeah, about, uh, around there, yeah. And what were you doing before 2018? Did you have a real job? Yeah, and I still have one, yeah, but I was, uh, I was known as a writer back then. I used to have a pen name, Are You Sure, under Truth Serum News, so... Uh, it was actually my best friend Ross started Space Busters, and he's the one who he put out a video called Nobody Owns the Air about how it's impossible to fit all that jet fuel into the wings. They don't even have fuel tanks in the wings, and they're <laughs> using etheric technology and resonance technology, and uh, it went uh, viral, which is a bad word because viruses don't exist, so that's even a stupid word in our colloquial. But anyway, uh, I saw that he was – I saw this platform and I thought, oh, that that looks really good. I could I could make videos, you know, uh, yeah. I could do that. And so I, I did. And yeah, and they started to become very popular. Yeah. 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 Funny. So out of all of the ones, which video elicited the greatest response, good, bad or indifferent? Which one? Uh, the one that really put us on the map was once the virology BS came out with COVID-19 or unicorn vid, as I call it. I made one called a uh, 5G Kung Flu. <laughs> I made a series. Um, and now back then I have to, I have to admit I was wrong. We thought something really was going on, which wasn't in hindsight, but we thought maybe this was linked to the, the, the setup of the 5G networks everywhere. And we thought there was an illness 
we thought there was more mortality going on than there was in the world um and so i made a video and that got a million views on our wow. bit shoot channel and in fact we were the first ones the old bit shoot record bit shoot was terrible back then i think the best video is 370,000 views and we hit a million just wow. on our channel wow and then we had 20,000 shares and I don't know it's been seen a lot uh, in hindsight a lot of what I said in that series was wrong <laughs> but I did say there's no virus and I, I stick to that still to this day but it wasn't 5g it was nothing it was propaganda using uh the the world all caused mortality was no higher than it was in 2019 2018 17 16 in fact it was lower than the last 50 years but there were 12 cities that had restricted fracking bans and restrictions and were getting hydrogen cyanide poisoning and those were the 12 cities the media told us COVID broke out in so what they did is they knew oh there were all these deaths in italy spain new york tri-state area they already knew there were extra deaths in those areas in Wuhan, China, but there weren't extra deaths all around the world. So it was very easy to stage a pandemic. They just picked the 12 areas that already had more excess mortality for four years and said, oh, yeah, there's a virus breaking out there. Right. So at <laughs> the beginning, you, you did think there was a virus, Steve? You, it took you a bit to come around to that? No, I knew there was no virus. Okay. But I thought there were extra illnesses that there weren't. I thought, okay, people are getting sick. Um, when you start looking at the symptoms of hydrogen cyanide poisoning, they're identical to, to viral symptoms or respiratory symptoms. But I I didn't get it. I did see the patient zero story, uh, in, not in Wuhan, but in, in uh, Washington State, where Bill Gates, right by the Pierbright Institute. <laughs> so... I saw the patient zero story happen and I thought, all right, this is bullshit. It's unbelievable. No one would believe this story. Um, and that's when I actually started paying attention. I just thought like, okay, six people are dead in Wuhan, China, a city of 11 million people with filthy air pollution, filthy everything pollution, uh, and uh, maybe 100 people sick, six dead. And then all of a sudden, like the media is going crazy over this. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I saw the patient zero story and I was like, all right, this is nonsense. Yeah. This is something soft here. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, uh, please email Patrick one radio network.com or you can try that, that zoom link on the front page and see if we can actually get you on the air. If it doesn't work, we'll just, we'll just, uh, stop it. Um, We were talking about, uh, oh, the music. And we were uh, musing on some old songs before we went on the air. Because, you know, I, I grew up in the, well, my, my disc jockey days began in 1968 in Armed Forces Radio. And so we were playing all these great tunes, you know, like uh, Fifth Dimension, and, you know, this kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, what was that one about Abraham, Martin, and John? I mean, remember that one was really popular and all these great songs. And you had said something like, well, the music today is a certain way, and you feel, Steve, that all of this stuff is by design, it's all it's all um, baked in the cake, and who they put to be big stars and all that? Is that where you're, is that where you're going with this? Well, it's, it's what they call culture creation, so a lot of people think like, all right, what is this Agenda 21, Agenda 2030? Agenda 21 means the agenda for the 21st century. So these people plan in 100-year blocks and they're using astrology to do it. Now, what you do is it be, well, because we we live in a we live in a world of commerce, money. The world is a business. That's it. <laughs> Governments are a business, corporations are a biz business, money. Now, people are what you would call neophobes we're afraid of change we get a good thing going we go to work every day we get our little schedule going we don't want to rock the boat we don't want to change that we don't like change but there's no money in change because look at the fashion industry why is it your shoes are out of date three years later right because the magazines told you because if your shoes were still in style from five years ago 
and your dress was still in style and your suit and tie were still in style, why would you buy a new suit, tie, and shoes? Uh-huh. Okay. You wouldn't because they're still in style. So they have to change everything. Oh, you need the latest and the newest and the greatest and the brightest and all that. The way you create change and money and profit is to say you're outdated. You you have the old technology, you have the old clothes, you have the old ideology. You're not hip, baby. You're square now. You're square. You saw that in the 60s, right? Yeah, the hips right. and the squares. You're square. Well, that's how you create culture change, and you do that to generate money. This is a money game. It's a business. So that's what they're doing. The culture change and the culture revolutions that they're financing are for profit. These are for-profit revolutions. That's what this is. You because people won't make the revolution without you forcing them to. So you have to say, oh, well, now your parents are square. You, you need long hair like the Beatles. Uh, you can't listen to Buddy Holly and jazz and all that. You know, you need, you need rock and rolls, the new thing, baby. And oh, no, now the hippies are the new thing, uh, you know. So this is what they do is they they control everything, but they have to put tell you where you're going. And you've, you know, the, even the hippie revolution you saw, you know, uh, yeah, it was cool to wear grandpa's clothes for a while and all this and that and the other. But pretty soon they were selling designer hippie clothes after Jimi Hendrix. You could see it. You were actually paying like a lot of money to look like a hippie. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. When the point of a hippie was, right, you saw this yourself. You were there, Patrick. So so do you think that even back in the, in the 60s when I got out of uh, the service in 69 and we were out in the streets, um, uh, protesting against the Vietnam War and people were banging us on the head. Do you think all that, there were forces that were actually uh, orchestrating this too? Or back then, did we were we really on our own trying to do a good thing? Do you think we were being controlled somehow? I think both, yeah. I, the way they do it is they infiltrate, uh, which is, that's, what, that's government. Yeah. So... There was an energy, I believe, that in the late 60s, there was one of these cosmic, we could call it, right. energy changes happening. They knew it. The people are waking up. They're not having this war shit. They don't want all this crap. Um, and it was very organic and original and real. Yes. And so what do you do? You infiltrate it and change it. You put Timothy Leary in there, Terrence McKenna, you drug the shit out of these people like they had very good intentions but they had no goal just like every revolution you know the color revolutions uh we need to get mubarak out of egypt okay what's your solution what are you going to replace him with They're like we don't we haven't thought that far ahead we just want to remove mubarak and you're like all right well, now he's gone well what goes in there of course it creates a vacuum and then a military dictatorship that's worse than mubarak comes in right because that's what vacuums do it's the same that they're doing to us now they want a one world government top-down control run through local uh local run locally through common purpose common core mm -hmm. but controlled from the top now you can't have a one world government until you hate your local government you can't have united states sovereignty canadian sovereignty brazilian sovereignty all sovereignty you have to think your government is so fucking stupid that they're going to offer you a solution and and what do they do you get donald trump the jesuit you get boris johnson the jesuit you you get these moron after moron after moron and you get a choice of left or right the left moron or the dumber moron and you're like well yeah i know hillary clinton sacrifices children but she's not as dumb as donald trump who's a jesuit and does everything by the 201 code so what they're doing is they're putting all these inept inadequate blatantly corrupt morons in charge and you're like in america are you telling me out of 273 million people, these are the best two bozos we got to run this joint? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. So you're going to ask to get rid of it because they're making it so blatantly corrupt and obvious that these people are retarded that you have no choice but to want to overthrow your government. You, I mean, you'd be silly not to want to overthrow <laughs> right. the government, right? They want you to overthrow wow. the government. Yeah. So all they're this new stuff then with Biden and China... And, the, and all the stuff that's coming up now, right? And 
supposedly they have all these files from the FBI. So this is all coordinated because I guess if you get Kamala in there, who's like dumber than dumber, God, you know, what a trip that's going to be. <laughs> even the smart ones, even Ron DeSantos is Jesuit. Everything he yeah. does is by the numbers. I, I he heard does that. He, they're all there, all of them. That's what they do. Wow. They give you A and B. He's <laughs> DeSantos is in on it too. It's no accident that Florida rebelled from this yeah. because people aren't stupid. They know you're not stupid. They cannot just come out with dumb and dumber because the smart people don't fall for that. So they have to give you someone who looks a little smarter who's on your side. Of course, it's called good cop, bad cop. Yeah. You know, they know you did the murder. Right, right. So they get the one cop who's in there going, we know you did it. Tell us what you did. And then you get the <laughs> other guy going, can I give you a cigarette and a cup of coffee? <laughs> hey, man, I don't think you should be here, but you can talk to me. Right? Like, That's right. You can talk to good me. Cop, bad cop. <laughs> totally. Yeah. People have, you know, muse that about DeSantis. And for a minute there, I got kind of caught up. I thought he was kind of a good guy. Then I get people kept emailing me and said, "No, Patrick, you got to look into this guy. He's a he's a globalist, man." So see, I was I was caught in dazed and confused for about a month there with this answer. It's easy to do, right? Because you're kind of subconsciously, I think we're always looking for a savior, which is just absurd, right? Because nobody's going to save us. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Patrick, that's exactly it. That, yep. This is the oldest con job in the world: <laughs> good cop, bad cop. You could call good cop savior complex, uh -huh. Jesus, Buddha, whatever yeah. you're, yeah, Jesus is going to come back flying through a bunch of 747s on a white horse with a fiery sword flying out his mouth and an army of angels who are going to take on the U.S. military and 27,000 F-16 Hornets. No, get the, get out of here. <laughs> the, the savior complex is so you never want to save yourself. Mm -hmm. It's to stop you at all costs from taking action yes. to liberate yourself from their nonsense. So you can sit and watch Netflix and eat popcorn and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you stuff your face with shitty food and all that. Don't do anything because Jesus is going to save us. Donald Trump's going to save us. DeSantos is going to save us. Florida's going to save us. Well, what are you going to move the whole U.S. population into Florida? <laughs> Yeah, well, religions You're have got away with that forever, forever, right? Religions have got away with that forever. Just, you know, phew, yeah. wow, man. How's the economy, how's the Florida economy going to do when you got 270 million people living in a pretzel-shaped state? It's, it's going to be gone, you know? That's the game they play. Like, oh, this guy's so bad, I've got to vote for this guy who's a little less bad. Yeah. But each one of them takes away these and those rights from you, and they never come back. Do you ever notice that? Someone new gets in power, but you don't get the rights back the last ones took away. So, so how You do just you get different rights taken yeah. away. <laughs> how do you think this is going to play out with uh, probably 100 million people that are really Trumpers? I mean, these people are all over this, right? They think he is the second coming. Uh, so how do you, this is not going to end well for those people, really, right, if they put all their faith in this guy. Put well, it's going to be the same as for everybody. It doesn't matter yeah, if you yeah. like Trump or hate Trump. You're all in the same boat. He's out to dick both of you, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can see them. Good for that. Thanks you for know, that. Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm glad you said that because I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you, whether you're a Trumper or not, you're as dicked as the people you think you're against because you're being played against yeah. each other, divide and conquer. So... You might hate the liberals and the pink-haired, red-haired people and all that shit, but you're going to get just as screwed as they are, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> the worst thing is you're the delusional one. At least they already are onto it that he's full of shit, and you're not. <laughs> so you're the one who's really getting screwed. <laughs> Same with the militias. You know, the, the, oh, no, no. the militias were about to re revolt against the U.S. government. Is that right? Yeah. Weren't they? Well, yeah. Remember the Bundy? Sure. Remember, the, remember Bundy Ranch? And w Waco and the whole thing, yeah. Waco, Bundy Ranch, right? Sure. People were about, the militias were about to rise up and just say, fuck this, we're just taking this whole thing down. And what happened? Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. The militias, the right savior, right? See, as soon as the right are too angry that they're going to revolt, they give you a right guy. And then he pisses the left off so much they're going to revolt. And what's going to happen? They give you Joe Biden. They give you a left guy. You know, like they, 
right when you're about to do something to physically do something about it they give you a savior who's going to do it for you so you can go back to netflix (laughs) (laughs) so so this is perfect that they want to throw trump in jail and all that it just makes just makes them more lovable and you want to support him more did you see they sent him more money when they did the mar-a-lago raid i mean he said they, they got like five million dollars in, in, in you know in donations that week that it's very clever five million really oh sure oh my god and remember remember he was gonna throw hillary in jail yeah, remember he right. was blatantly telling her well did he i know <laughs> No, he came out after and said, oh, the Clintons are good friends of mine. You're like, all right. Well, you didn't tell all those millions of people that when you were running for president, did you? It's like, I I thought you were going to throw this woman in jail and now she's your best friend again. Get out of here. You know, it's right in your face. It's like, come on, people. How is it in Europe? You live in Denmark. I mean, uh, do people go to the bars and talk about this stuff? Do you guys talk about politics? Does it even... Is it even worse? Um, how is it there? I do. <laughs> but again, there's a time and a place. So I think, you know, the, one of the problems I have with the so-called truth movement, and I'm one of, unfortunately, one of the leaders in it, it, it there's a time and a place, and you don't have to talk about this shit with every person you meet and scare the hell out of them, Jason Way. If you're in a bar having a drink, having some fun, singing along to the band, that might not be the best place to dive into a deep political discussion. You know what I mean? But the truth movement has been programmed to be so militant and hardcore, almost cultish, uh, almost. I won't call it that, but almost. Um, it's we have been programmed to be so militant and so hardcore that we can't chill the hell out and relax and have a drink with a normal person you disagree with without getting into an argument and you see memes on the internet all the time you know if you're on facebook uh my family i'm the only person you know and you're like why are you isolating yourself from your family over a political belief yeah because when the shit hits the fan your family's the only people you can count on and yet you've been programmed to isolate yourself from them through extremism idealism which isn't extremism but it's being labeled that so they, they've just triggered you as a thinking person to say i've had enough i'm speaking out and then they call you an extremist and they want you to isolate yourself from your family they want your friends to think you're nuts they want your family to think you're nuts they want you to think your family's so stupid sheeple brainwash that you want nothing to do with them anymore because that's your support system and they're afraid of you because you're a strong person so they're making you cut your own support system out from under your legs so easier to get you and eliminate you that's really interesting how you are you follow the bouncing ball with all these things, Steve Falcon. It's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Good morning. Uh, This is fun. Let's just throw this one out there. Uh, This is from Ellen. I'm usually up most of the night, so I got to love Steve to get up this early. I live in Washington where it's early. Patrick has shared his sleep challenges over the years. I have with all that Steve is involved in. How does he or does he sleep well? Because I don't. Thank you for all you two do. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen, I don't sleep, (laughs) but I'm a night person. Uh, No, I, I, you know, I'm also uh, pushing 52. I I don't know how you feel, Patrick. The older I get, I I only need about five hours of sleep, four hours. uh, These days I used to sleep when I was a teenager. I think I slept about 14 hours a day, (laughs) but uh, I, I sleep, I sleep very well because I realize that it's not my job to save the world because I can't. Hmm. The world is exactly how it's supposed to be. And we're so focused on our little micro dramas and stuff. We don't see that there might be a bigger picture at play here. Uh, A good example I use often is uh, lettuce farmers don't like slugs because they eat their lettuce and take away their profits. And because lettuce farmers plant lettuce two feet away from each other now in nature lettuce grows in patches with 50 of them clumped up together and they starve each other out and kill each other so nature loves the slug to eat the outside lettuce 
so that they don't starve each other out. But a lettuce farmer doesn't see it that way because he wants every single lettuce to be, you know, perfect and, and sellable. And I think that's what's going on in the grand scale of things. We're looking at things in our own perspective, localized and not looking at the grand scheme of things saying nature is no different than it's supposed to be. It's nothing happening right now that wasn't supposed to happen the way it will. And it will end up in a different way, but we're all acting like a lettuce farmer. We, you know, we want it to work our way. I want this to be my way and I'm going to fix. Well, you, when you get into hermetics, as we've talked about, you cannot know what extreme goodness and, and purity and wholeness and joy is unless you have extreme evil and impurity and horrific to compare it to right it's like you don't know if you don't you can't if you don't know what boiling hot water is so you don't stick your hand in it well you need cold water to show you that that's not cold water that's boiling hot that's hermetics and that's how this duality that we live in works so we don't like boiling hot water and we don't like freezing cold water but without each other the other doesn't exist doesn't exist yeah doesn't yeah there's just water if there's no cold then there's no hot water there's water so you know we all wanted our way and what i'm saying is the world is the way it is and you can change yourself and you can then leave those around you who will not because you force them to be like you or think like you but because they see you're doing very well and they would like to emulate that which we all do we all say wow we got idols and heroes and well how come this person's having such a good time so the point is not to try to force everyone because that for the love doesn't work in force it doesn't any anybody's forcing anyone to do anything is not on the right side you know so your job is to lead by example you're you're not going to take down the global corporate it's not going to happen you're you're not going to do that alone you can try though all you want you're welcome i'm not saying don't try but i'm saying you might want to maybe think about putting your attention into changing your own life and those around you by doing something not talking on facebook mm -hmm. <laughs> but taking actual physical action allah the, the arabs have allah right god yeah, they use allah for right well you you've all seen da vinci's man right with his two arms and legs out yeah arm leg leg arm head allah arm leg leg arm head allah god you you are allah you manifest change here <laughs> you're god spark within the divinity of everything so if instead of trying to change all the world and get them to believe what you believe don't change what you believe and what you do the reason you have arms and legs is because arms build things legs walk you over to where you need to get to the stuff to build things and the head is the idea that tells the arms and legs what to go do and build mm -hmm. Allah. oh once you get that you understand that you see we get this bullshit eastern shit i am the i am i just am i just be no you're not the i am you're the i do <laughs> i do the one thing you could do is do shit. That's why they gave you hands with rotating thumbs. Monkeys don't have rotating thumbs. You don't see monkeys building coliseums and and you know giant mega structures and stuff because their hands can't do it. Their legs can't do it. They have the strength to do it, but they don't have the brains and they don't have all the limbs to do it. You are built to do things, not to think things. You also are built to think things but you have a physiology that no other any animal in the world has to do is to build and do incredible things mm -hmm. so it's not just about i am as in i just sit here being because you could sit on the internet being having arguments with everybody you know on the internet and you know in political discussions till you're blue in the face you're not doing anything you have to do something and that's what changes the world is not thought yeah 
thought is the the force that initiates action but the action is what changes the world correct yes sir i i boy i'm with you so being productive doing something building something changing i don't know a garden or whatever it is or a business or a book or i don't know something how about a radio show like yours you could think you could think 20 years ago you know what i should do a radio show and you could sit there on Facebook for 20 years going, one day I'm going to do a radio show. I should really do a radio show. I really should do. That's <laughs> not going to change anything. What you did is you're like, I did a radio show. I actually physically used my hands, legs, feet, and head and made a radio show and go through all the crap you've got to go through with the advertisers and all that, right? I know. That changed the world in your own not the whole world but in your own little sphere of influence patrick's yeah i was working as a journalist in uh, pensacola a navy journalist in 1967 and i opened up the navy times and they had this ad would you like to be a broadcaster sign up for broadcasting school and seriously uh, steve and, and folks i didn't even think about it you know what i mean i didn't i didn't even think about it i just cut that puppy out put it in an envelope and send it in. And the next thing I know, I'm going to broadcasting school and they send me to a radio. I mean, that that was- Did you my, really like that? That yeah. was it. I mean, I never thought about it. It was like, oh, God, when I, God just said, okay, do this, that'll be good. You know, that's, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it was right there. Boom, open up. Okay, I'll, I can do that. <laughs> did you pay for it though? Like, how, how No, no, did, it was a Navy have, school. How? It was a Navy broadcast specialist school in Fort Benjamin Harrison. So they sent you to this school for two or three, four months. It was when Martin Luther King was shot. Uh, I was at this base, and you go through this whole training, and they put you in a room, and you yell, scream, so your voice gets lower, you know, you do all this stuff, and then they yeah, send you yeah. to Armed Forces Radio and say, okay, do a show, you know, play records or whatever you do. That's that's why it started. That's pretty amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, I went to school for radio broadcasting you did. at Columbia and Chicago. Oh, I remember yeah. that Columbia was School of Broadcasting. Yeah, well, it was pretty funny because my, you know, when I was writing my final dissertation to graduate, um, I can't, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he was the, he was the voice of the oldie station in Chicago, Dick something. Mm. Uh, he had been doing the oldie station since the sixties. Yeah. And then uh, he came to me at the end of the last six months and he said, Steve, you seem like a pretty smart guy because I was putting myself through school because mm. I was working for uh, the health insurance company at the time, making good money. And he said, like, why do you want to do this shit and then go work in a country hobunk radio station, you know, fetching coffee for some loser disc jockey for minimum <laughs> wage? <laughs> He's like, I already know you work for a big pharma company and you're making like tons of money an hour. He's like, and I was like, yeah, 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 you're right. Which is weird because now, now, full sir. I, so I, I, I followed his advice. He just basically said, don't do this. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Yeah. <clears throat> but now I'm, you know, guesting on shows like this and doing my channels. Like I'm actually doing what I wanted to do, but I'm not running coffee for some loser disc jockey. I'm doing it my way. Yeah, yeah. And, and he didn't tell me that part that I could have done, and and I don't think I could because the the internet didn't have this platform we have now. You know, back then, it, like you know, there was the radio. So either you're on it or you're not. Yeah. And when I got out uh, in '69. I had this tape, you know, that I made at Armed Forces Radio, and I got a job right away, within a month. Just went to some small radio station and played them the tape. They said, and the tape was terrible. I don't even know what I remember what it was. But they, they gave me a job, you know. And I went to Poplar Bluff, Missouri. They said, oh, we got a guy just quit. You want to do 7 to Midnight? Play rec play music? Sure, I'll do that. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. you just. But see, back then we had all these small radio stations all over the country where I worked, Quincy, Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, you know, and you could go in and get a job. Now, they, were you in Illinois? I'm from I'm from Chicago, really, man. I so you were in Illinois, yeah. Quincy, yeah, yeah. Illinois, for three years, and then Springfield, Illinois. No way. Yeah. Got well, you were down in the farm towns, man. Oh, baby. Farmland. But all the cute girls were there, man. All the cute girls were there. That's where I wanted to be. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Springfield's the university yeah. town for sure. That's you know, a beautiful uh, yeah. place. Yeah, it was great. Um, but did, did the Navy get that job for you, or did you actually hustle that yourself? Oh, you mean when I got out? Yeah, no, when I got out, I just had a book of all radio stations in the country I bought, and I just started sending out tapes. And once you get going, it's pretty easy, you know, to keep going. So I just kept going from station to station. 
and uh wow did they tell you to make the tapes or did you just figure that out like i'll just make some tapes oh no you always made tapes. like you're sitting in your bed are you just sitting in your bedroom like talking bullshit make-believe radio store how did what how did you make the tapes oh you mean from the rate in the radio stations like the tapes you sent out to them of you you clearly don't have a job yet oh i see. just sitting in no. a recorder like oh, no, talking no. nonsense at the radio studio i was on a little island in south pacific uh John, johnston island and uh you know we had a whole studio so we were tape recorders and we just recorded ourselves and spice them together and you make a audition tape and we used uh razor blades <laughs> right, we used razor okay. blades in the little tape right not like today where you just it's all digital you actually slice yeah it. remember the old days yeah you actually had to cut the tape and oh, yeah. tape it <laughs> tape it together every time so if you wanted to do it so i came out with the tape and uh, it was a great it was a great life and going to all these little towns and I got a big break in St. Louis, uh, um, and did you? Yeah, amazing. But what, like, I don't know, like a music station, or it was a music station. And um, uh, quick little story. I think you'll enjoy it because you're in into the business. I was in Springfield, and I got fired for being too crazy, totally too crazy, just crazy. Right. I was listening to all these people in New York and Chicago, you know, like W. Yeah, what's that big station in Chicago, WLS, and they're all my heroes, you know, these disc jockeys. And they were all crazy. Oh, Steve Dahl, Steve, yeah, and all WLS, those people. Steve yeah, Dahl, yeah. and uh, all those guys. All yeah, those guys. Yeah. So I was listening to them, because you could listen, you can hear them, because these stations go like a 1,000 miles at night, right? So I was starting to to mimic these people and do all crazy stuff that they did, because I thought that's what you do if you're on a big station. So I was doing this in Springfield, and they totally fired me, just fired me, man. Just get out of here. So I had no job, I had no money, and I listened to a station in St. Louis, KSD, and big station owned by the Post-Dispatch, and I heard the guy on at night, and I just thought he was terrible. And I wrote a letter, seriously, wrote a letter to the program director of this station, sent him my tape, he called me the next day. He called me and said, yeah, you wanna come down and do, this, do the morning, you know, do the morning show and do it, you know? He just offered me a job. That's incredible. I know. It's like that I only mean, happens you know, in the movies. You know what I mean? It just only happens. Well, there. I was actually going to say that only happens back in our generation from the 80s and before yeah, that, 70s, right. 60s, because now, you know, oh, actually that's changing again. But, you know, back then people knew I'm not looking for a kid with a degree and all that shit. I'm looking for someone who knows what the hell's going on here and has a spark, yeah, a self-spark. Have some talk. Yeah. And then that kind of went away for about 30 years. I do see that happening again. I see a lot of companies now where these kind of, you know, sorry if you're a woke lefty with pink hair, you're probably not listening to the station anyway. But, you know, these kids come out of college and these guys are like, I'd rather hire three guys who never even went to high school who I don't have to hold their hand and tell them what to do. Know what they're doing. Than you with yeah. your double master's degree, who just is talking nonsense and needs a safety pin in a space corner, you know, saying like, "Oh, I don't," you know. <laughs> so I do see it returning where business is failing now because yeah, they don't give a crap about your college degree. They're looking what they were looking for back then. They're like, "This guy knows what he's doing." Just trust him, you know. In the old days, you hire someone and you say, "Can I trust you?" that I don't have to sit here and watch over you all day. Are you going to make something happen? And you're like, you're damn right I'm going to make something happen really, really good. Yeah, too, you, know? you know, I, I, and yeah. I, think, I actually think the AM stations are going to make a comeback. There was a big move a few years ago just only putting FM radios in cars, right? And a lot of people were jumping on board, and now they're all coming back. I'm seeing stories where they're saying, no, we're going to keep the AMs in there. Uh, which is cool because these are the only place you're going to hear any kind of creative stuff going on, and I, I think more more of these AM stations are going to come back and start doing local stuff, you know, and letting people do talk shows and stuff like that. I, I think. Wow, I mean that's pretty interesting because I didn't know this either, but um, somebody showed me like apparently still to this day, radio is seventy percent of all consumed media, and that includes television, internet. It's, it's huge. Huge. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah, I was like, is it really? I didn't know it. And, and I mean, this still counts as radio, what we're doing now. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I had no idea that, like, I, I thought radio was a dead duck. Hmm. But no, it's still the biggest media. Like, people want to hear people talking, whether they can see you or there's a video or not. 
that shocked the hell out of me. I was pretty surprised. Yeah, there's like 6,000, isn't there? Uh, AM stations, 6,500 stations around the country. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot of stations. Yeah, and the AM radio, it doesn't work like they said it did, but it reaches a lot longer than an FM radio. It doesn't sound as good. Oh, yeah. But you can hear it way, way farther than... I was on a station in uh, New Orleans, WWL, 50,000 watts at night, you could hear that sucker in Colorado uh, everywhere. Just, just every it just booms out. Yeah, booms and if you put if you put red mercury in your radio, you can hear it in <laughs> Russia. You that station up in Russia, but that's another story. But yeah, so the FM waves, yeah, allegedly they travel straight out and they're dead within twenty five miles, depending on how big your transmitter is, how yeah. high you know. They in them. Chicago, we had it on top of the John Hancock building, so it would go go way out. But yeah, you could have a little ho-dunk station out in some DeKalb, Illinois, and you know the AM waves will just go on forever and ever as long as the person has a transmitter. And that's why it's so dangerous. William Cooper, Bill Cooper. Yeah, the remember guy who the, jumped out the, of the airplane? The, yeah. No, Bill Cooper, the Hour of the Times, uh, the guy who predicted 9-11 and they murdered him, oh, William no. Cooper. No, I don't know about him. Behold a pale horse. Oh, you don't know William Cooper? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, look up Bill Cooper. Write this down. Um, he had a little AM station. He had a little show every week, and he predicted 9-11, so they murdered him because he told them everyone what he was good they were going to do. When did he predict this? When did he predict this? Uh, one week before. <laughs> before. Bill, Bill Cooper, look him up. William Cooper, he wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse. Ah, yeah, I've heard the he name. He predicted, that. Yeah. At, you know this, yeah. Hmm. So he had a little AM station, and he had spies all around the world writing, <laughs> and he had a network and all that, and he was just on a little shitty AM radio station. I'll be done. Problem was, you could hear this guy all around the United States and in Canada and Mexico, and like he's on AM radio. So Bill Clinton called him the most da- – Bill Clinton called William Cooper, Bill Cooper, the most dangerous man in America. He exposed the Oklahoma City bombing fraud. He just over and over exposed the Freemasons, all the networks. And the Hour of the Times was a show it's called. Huh. So it was very dangerous because he was built he built his own radio station with a ham radio, too. You know, like you, they can't stop this. The government can't stop AM radio because it's they can't. Yeah. So and they just made him dead? Yeah, they had they pretended some teenagers. He was living in Arizona at the time. He already had half a leg. Mm-hmm. And they had some teens pretending they were partying down the street. He lived in an old deserted Arizona cul-de-sac. So he came out to tell the kids to turn the music down. And by the time he got out there, he realized there was a Fed set up. Yeah. And they had surrounded him. He they shot the shit out of him. He did make it back. He was trying to get to his house to get his gun. And uh, they shot him on his porch and let him bleed out for seven hours. They like they gave him a very painful and rotten death. Oh. But he knew it. He said they're going to kill me. You know, he knew it. Yeah. But my point is, the radio is very dangerous because uh, they can't stop it for starters, and it goes very far if you're on ham radio and AM radio, FM. They can stop. Yeah. They can't jam AM signals. They don't run like this. Yeah, they, they run. They like bounce this. around on the clouds and. Remember? Do well, you, that's bullshit too. That's oh, also it? bullshit. That, that, it doesn't yeah. work like that, really. I always thought. It, well, it can't because a wave goes as high up as it goes down. So they they claim that the wave goes up to their fake stratosphere, bounces off it, comes down, bounces off. Well, that's impossible because if your transmitter's <laughs> here, the wave would have to go underground as lower as it goes up to the stratosphere because waves don't go way up and a little down. Way up, there's oh. no wave that goes high up. So huh? that's bullshit. I never thought about that. <laughs> so how does the, the AM uh, signal work, Steve? How does it work? Through the ether. Through it the goes ether. through the ether. Wow. Just... Yeah. It doesn't go through the ground because other, you, <laughs> your transmitter would have to be seven seven miles in the air to hit the stratosphere at the top of the wave and the ground at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it goes through the ether directly. While we're on that subject, can you explain what you understand how this internet thing really goes everywhere because the satellite thing that Musk is doing, that's all made up too, right? They're just balloons. And does he really have thousands, do you think, of balloons up there? Well, NASA spends most of their budget on helium, which is for balloons. Right. So if you ever look on your, your satellite dishes on buildings, they're not facing up and they're not moving up. 
there's no way a, a satellite could fly by at 7,500 miles an hour and then your satellite just like, whoop, I know. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Sideways. <laughs> it's coming to radio. Yeah. They also, they're like, oh, the Russia, we have a cable, we have a telecommunications cable that goes under the Atlantic Ocean and one under the Pacific and the Russian submarines are going to cut the cable and you're like, well, if we're all on satellite technology right now, why do you give a shit if the Russians cut an old rusty cable under the ocean? It's because we're not on satellite technology. We're on balloon satellites that come down and have to be reset up. It's all coming through the radio cables under the ocean, and it's all coming through radio broadcast towers, which is why your satellite dish is pointing that way and not oh, So cell phone towers and radio broadcast towers, and then, so that's why your little dish is, is out this way, like you're saying, rather than rather than up this way it's never up it's sideways in the old days they were up and that's because they were bouncing radio signals off the firmament which they're now telling us is how am radio waves work uh it's a stratosphere they're saying no they were about they would aim the one thing that way and bounce it off the dome i have the same i take a train 45 minutes to work when i'm teaching up in northern denmark and it's we have this a little bit of sea like 11 miles of sea between us and sweden now, when we get in the woods, the phone cuts out. If I'm on the train, I have no service. Sometimes I'm listening to podcasts like yours, and then we're in the woods, and there's no service. Well, I'm sorry. If there's a satellite up over my head, it shouldn't matter that I'm in a train track cut out of the woods. That should be coming from 17 miles above my head <laughs> down to my phone. The reason it doesn't work is because the trees are cutting off the sideways signal, and then sometimes I'm almost where I'm going, and my phone carrier will switch over to Sweden, but I'm not in Sweden. I'm in Denmark, but Sweden's 11 miles across the water that way. And again, it's because it's a radio signal. A, a satellite can't be flying 17,500 miles an hour. And they go, oh, no, it's a geostationary satellite. You're like, okay, you say everything up there is flying around Earth's orbit, but you somehow got a balloon to sit up there still? Well, why didn't you make this the International Space Station geostationary? If you have the technology to make a satellite sit damn still, why would you put them at risk making them go 17,500 miles an hour instead of geostationary? And it's because they're not up there they're and there's no there. such thing. There's no such thing. They're yeah, just not up there. There's no such thing. <laughs> you're, you're, there's no way you wouldn't get a cell phone out in the woods if a satellite's all the way up in the air then you'd get the same damn coverage as the people in town six miles away who aren't in the woods. What about it's all impossible. of these alleged uh, about Hubble and the new James Webb? Are these things, <laughs> are, are, do these things even exist, Steve Falconer? Do they even exist? Well, yeah, in a computer and in CGI, <laughs> but yeah, of course. So NASA says, wow. oh, we've never taken a real picture of the Earth uh, because it, we can is so big that our satellites have to take little slice pictures and then oh, we have please. to uh, sew them together, right? Sure. Well, you sent this James Webb telescope all the way out to Jupiter and you claim it's all the way. You've seen that picture mm -hmm. of the galaxy and it says you are here with right. a little picture there. So you're like, well, who took that picture? <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't think like you didn't think it was important the first time you sent the James Webb telescope out to space. To turn the camera around and take a real first real picture of earth even the blue marble it's admitted by nasa that that's cgi sure they admit yeah. it yeah but you didn't think the first camera you have that can go all the way out into deep space and take pictures of galaxies and fucking jupiter and all that you didn't turn the damn camera around and say here's earth for once first you know first real picture get out of here <laughs> get out of here and get then it had this it, like if you look at the if you look at the the nasa specs on it they, there was a story a couple years back. They said it dove through the rings of Saturn, which they said are ice balls yes. flying around at 6,000 miles an hour. And they said this James Webb thing is flying at like 5,000 miles an hour. And then you look at the picture of this thing, and it just looks like a garbage can lid. And you're like, do you know what would happen if an ice ball at 5,000 miles an hour hit a garbage can lid at 5,000 miles an hour? <laughs> you're telling me that an airplane disintegrated at 9-11 doing 280 miles an hour into a skyscraper? What do you think an ice ball would do to this thing that looks like 
Wonder Woman or Captain America shield, you know, it would just, and they dove it through some ice. I mean, come on. Come on. And, and, oh, they're just bouncing off the shield, you know. It's like, um, no way, man. So so when Lots I go out, um, I live out in the country, and, and we have billions of stars out here, you know, in Texas. Huge. So where are these stars that I'm seeing, uh, these lights? They must all, are they all under this? Firmament that we believe Steve Falconer is up there. Are they all on? Well, they have to be because of they the inverse square law. The inverse square yes. law. Oh, you're going to get technical on me now. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to explain. Like, okay. if you want to understand the inverse square law, go out in the dark with a flashlight to your garage door, or your barn door, or your back wall. Okay. Hold the flashlight really close up to the wall, an inch away, and the beam of the flashlight will be the same size as the head of the flashlight. And as you walk back one meter, the beam of the light will be twice as wide and half as bright. Okay. And as you walk back two meters, the beam will be four times as wide and half as bright as one meter or yes. one fourth as bright. Okay. Go out to the field behind your barn and you won't see the intense beam on the barn anymore. You'll just see a dim lit up barn. Yeah. Every meter, the light gets half as intense as the meter before and twice as wide. Okay. Now you cannot <laughs> you cannot read a book by moonlight on a full moon. You cannot have a full moon now. You can read a light and say the sun's shining off of a moon two hundred and seventy thousand miles away or two hundred forty thousand miles away. Not possible because every meter you come closer to the sun, the light would get brighter and brighter by double. Meaning, by the time you got to the moon, the bright it would be bright as the sun. You cannot look at Jupiter. Or Venus, you say Jupiter is like 60 million miles away from Earth, but the sun's light is going past Earth, bouncing off it so back that Jupiter and Venus are bright as a sun in the sky, just a little version. Well, impossible. There's no way the light made it all the way there and then came back to you when every meter it halves and halves in intensity and size. This can't That's happen. impossible. Huh? Just can't happen. Wow. Yeah. These are these are close, and the same with the sun. Mm -hmm. It cannot be ninety three million miles away, and be as bright as it is. That's impossible. It would be half as intense every meter. <laughs> There's no way it would look. You wouldn't even see it. And 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 now look at the stars. Yeah. Well, that's three trillion miles. The sun's only. 90 million miles away that that star out there vega is like three trillion light years away light years sure <laughs> we don't even can't even measure that how the fuck is that thing three trillion light years away you wouldn't see it impossible well people Unless just don't ask these kinds of questions like you're doing i mean come on you're gonna get in trouble doing this you know talking What's well, their own physics it's I like know. well do your physics apply here or not you know i didn't make this up these aren't my physics. I didn't make up the inverse square law. They did. So are these do, are these physics real or not? Because why don't they? Why do they work on my garage door but not out in space? Yeah. yeah. Are you telling me I could see my flashlight from two hundred eighty thousand miles away in space? There's no way you could. Here's an email from Patrick. He's in Florida that we were just talking about. He said, "I love it when you have Steve on. I this whole flat Earth thing." Uh, I just don't understand it. But what I'd like to know is how high this um, firmament is that everybody talks about, flat earthers. Do we do we know how high that sucker is, or do we have any idea? Yeah, well, it's it's been estimated. There are many estimates. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Now, what we do have is geometry, which is allegedly one of our our you know mathematics that are trustable. So we have what's called crepuscular waves. You see the clouds in the sky and the sun rays are going like this, right? right. You take, you can go on the internet and see pictures of the sun coming through the clouds. It's going this way, that way, and then down, down, down in the middle. It's making a pyramid. Well, all you have to do is take the geometric lines and draw those up to the source. Okay. And That's how you, you make tell, a triangle, You can right? tell how, how far away the sun is when you do that. Well, yeah, let, let's say we had a pyramid like the... Uh, a, yeah, I got my backlight. Okay. And no, I'm not making a fucking Illuminati symbol, so don't. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you're right. not doing Illuminati. So. 
that's a full pyramid okay now let's say we didn't have all that we just had the bottom this part of the pyramid that's the sun rays coming through the clouds right yeah. well any idiot could know that well all you do is draw those lines where they came from and that's the top of the pyramid the source right mm -hmm. if you have two angles that look like this well clearly the top of the pyramid is not way up here it's here there's the the top so there's no way you can have a sun 93 million miles away that by the time it hits earth it's making this angle it would have to make this angle perfectly straight because it's it would be straight rays so it cannot be 93 million miles away or you would not see crepuscular waves coming through clouds it cannot be Geo we have basic geometry that will show you that the light source has to be coming from the extension of those lines now is that three thousand miles is it a thousand miles is it eight miles i don't know but i can tell you it's not 93 million miles <laughs> not just provable through basic geometry and what they've done is they've gotten you to not believe your own eyes your own senses oh we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour around this and then we're corkscrewing at sixty thousand miles around the sun uh, an hour at the sun and the sun's going a billion six billion miles an hour around the galactic plane <laughs> but there's a guy in zurich switzerland who's stacking stones on each other that should just fall down and he's delicately stacking them and they don't fall down but at, you put your clothes in the washing machine at 25 miles an hour and they stuck to the outside wall of the washing machine. <laughs> and you know, like, when, when you, but it's when, not happening to you in real life? When you do this visualization of, of all this movement that we supposedly are going through, what's really got me for the first, really got me was when you look and you see that the stars, I think I'm correct with this, right? The stars just circle around us in after one year they come back to the same spot is that correct every day every day once a day and then once a year the full rotation, the full comes rotation. Around. so yeah every day they do every how is day. it possible now, that we're doing all of this gyrations around the sun the milky way and the whole thing's kabillion and and that's the and we see the same star it's not even possible i mean it's not even you know, polaris never moves you can yeah. time lapse all the stars spinning around the north the star, north star never polaris. moves never moves well how how could it never move if you're spinning this exactly. way a thousand miles an hour corkscrewing around right. the sun corkscrewing, there's no polaris would be like Wah! every day i mean there's it's so, no so way. obvious you could talk to nasa on 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 a <laughs> you know, big tv stations and disprove the whole thing in five minutes just like you just did you could yeah because they've gotten you to get rid of trusting your own right if you ask a child yeah sure just ask a child the moon the full moon tonight and you know how you got these super moons where you ever notice some nights the moon's really small at a full moon and some nights it's huge, huge yeah yeah they, they, they call the harvest moons and those kind of moons and yeah the harvest moon yeah, yeah and orange moons there right? yeah super moons okay if the moon is 270 or forty thousand miles away or 273 or 40 or whatever how could it look this big and then some nights it looks this big if it's the same distance away all the time if i hold a tennis ball up to you right if i'll do it here like if i hold my phone up to you right now right. and then i go back to my window is my phone the same size or bigger no <laughs> see this yeah oh it, tell me when my phone gets bigger you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger bigger yes because not so if you see the moon a harvest moon five times as big as the normal moon in the sky what does that tell you it's five times closer why would it look five times bigger if it's not five times closer well, it's so simple and so beautiful when you put it like that isn't it yeah <laughs> so the moon is not it's not two hundred and forty thousand miles away it's closer than it's farther than it's closer mm -hmm. it's not <laughs> it can't it can't look five times bigger tonight and then look five times smaller next week unless it's five times farther away mm. it's impossible 
So uh, China's talking about going I to the moon. I can't see now. you. As your, uh, as your video off, I don't see you no, anymore. No, no, I, I just put your, uh, I'm back here. You, I just, oh, sorry, I just yeah. had you on full screen because you were doing all your show oh, and tell. Okay, yeah. yeah, China's talking about going to the moon now, right? Have you have you seen the stories? They're going to go. They're going to go next, right? And, and the uh, um, cosmology truthers like yourself and other folks, Dave Wise and Bonacci, um, do, do, do you have an opinion of this moon? Is it solid or plasma or green cheese? I only have an opinion, so it's not okay. worth anything. It doesn't matter what I think, but yeah, it's yeah. not solid. It's self-luminous. It's see-through. We have pictures of stars behind right. it. Right. We have pictures of the moon waves. It's. I don't know what it is, and I would never claim to know, but I can tell you what it isn't, and it's <laughs> not. NASA didn't land on it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I have a tent that's more stable than their moon lander. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. So, um, I, we don't know what it is. So, like you say, I appreciate that. It's just an opinion because nobody really knows for sure. But I, I've seen the Crow 777 guys, you know, and you can see the stars through it. How is that possible? I mean, come on. How could it be solid if you can see the stars through it? Yeah, and any picture you see of the moon, if it's in the day sky, the dark side of the moon, or the, 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 the man in the moon, you know, the craters, right. the alleged craters, if the sky's light blue, the craters are blue. If the sky's gray, the craters are gray. If the sky's black, the craters are black. Hmm. That's see-through. And they go, no, no, that's the atmosphere in front. And you're like, no, it's not. Because if you're in Arizona and you look at a mountain through 60 miles of atmosphere, the mountain's not blue, it's brown. <laughs> Even though there's 60 miles of blue sky in front of it, atmosphere, then the mountain would be blue. But it's not. It's clearly brown through the blue atmosphere. So you can't tell me looking up that it's the blue atmosphere making the... the, the no. They're, they're re, you're seeing behind it. You're seeing through it. It's see-through. Mm. So is it plasma? Is it a projection? Is it a hologram like can? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't answer that question. It's a great question, and I don't know the answer. Yeah, we don't know. And I like that. I've seen I some real curious uh, musings on the idea that it's actually you can see something about the Earth plane in the Moon. You know where it is. All the different. Have you seen that kind of? Yeah, stuff? the map, and yeah. then a larger Earth behind it. It's a great theory too, and it, there, I mean, it's it's got a lot of weight behind that theory um yes so, and again i don't know so uh, yeah i've seen that theory and i've looked very heavily into it and it looks pretty damn plausible <laughs> pretty fun, huh? yeah but uh, again i i'm not in a position to come out and say that is where is it? i don't know and i don't think we're supposed to know yeah um here's an it's, email there's from, supposed to be wonder here man this this realm wonder. is boring if you know what's going on yeah here's an there's email nothing from amy excuse me steve I am coming around to not believing in the spinning globe model, but I don't want to attach myself to the term flat Earth. Isn't believing I'm not hurling around the sun enough? <laughs> she doesn't want to join the flat Earth. Well, Amy, I mean, for yeah. starters, you're correct. You yeah. shouldn't attach yourself to anything. Because as soon as you get a belief, the word lie is in belief. Belief. You, be, belief is for religion. It's, it's for faith and dogma don't believe anything because that means you're stuck what if you're wrong <laughs> what if you start believing something and then you, it turns out you're freaking wrong because the proof comes out later don't believe anything what you can do is is know what isn't and that's the way the mystics used to define what is the buddhists all the mystics when they when they ask him what is the Tao? what is the Tao? Right. what is the great what is the great uh, everything and nothing and the great flow and all that? Uh, even even the, the Japanese uh, Zen the Zen masters, they always define what is by what isn't. Mm -hmm. They never define what is because they say you can't when you ask the Christians and the Jews and whatever. What is the name of God? They say it's the name that can't be named. Mm -hmm. They don't define God by what can be called God because that's not God. They define God by what isn't. You know, so... It's the same with this. Never have a belief. Now you can believe for sure. Like if you know, if I if I drop this, it will fall. 
But what you shouldn't believe is that's gravity and not electrostatics and ionization. Mm -hmm. Because we've done experiments where we can just change the positive and negative ions and we can make shit that should never, ever, ever float, float. So you shouldn't believe that it's a ball spinning around somehow, even though when your washing machine spins around, your jeans and laundry and all the water flies out. But when the earth spin around, all of a sudden everything flies into the middle. Well, you've never opened your washing machine and found all your clothes floating in the middle of the washing <laughs> machine, <laughs> touching the edge. But you believe all the water and land and everything sticking in there. So I, what I'm saying is you can see what isn't. What is. But never believe what is because you don't know. And I, there was an old scientist, I can't remember his name, but he was great. He said, the, the thing about science is when a, any scientific theory, the Big Bang, gravity, germ theory, you name any scientific theory, and they're all theories, they're not fact. This scientist said, if you ask why 20 times in a row, uh, uh, germs cause the disease, why? Because this, that, and the other, why? Because he said, you will never get to question number 20. You'll never get to why number 20 without, I don't know. We don't know. Why? You won't even make it past six usually, but you'll <laughs> never get to 20. We don't know shit about nothing. and <laughs> We never will. We don't. I don't know nothing. Uh, what's that? What was that great We know character? it isn't, though. Yeah, we know yeah, what it isn't. We know what isn't. Yeah. yeah. So I know that this isn't a spider web holding this up in the air. I know, There's no spider web. I can see that. Yeah. So I know that. <laughs> I know what isn't, see? And I think, too, they've used, they, whoever they are, you have, Steve, have used the term flat earth as a real derogatory kind of thing. I mean, you see it in the movies. People say, oh, you know, believe it, it's flat earth or whatever. 